Welcome to Time for Change with Dr. Michelle, where we bring inspiring real-life stories of success and transformation, tips and tools to turn your life around no matter where you are at. I'm your host, Michelle Rosen. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of Time for Change, where we talk about change, transformation, and the power and best tips for turning your life around. Today, we have with us a very inspiring guest, Violet D. Ayala, who will talk to us about the power of mentoring and inspiration and her personal story of growing from welfare to wealth and becoming an inspiration to over 20 thousand women. I'm your host, Michelle Rosen. Stick with me for this episode. I am so excited because we have here with us Violet De Ayala, who is a Cuban-American serial and social entrepreneur. She is the founder of Fem City and a virtual mentor to over 20,000 women. She has been quoted in Success and Entrepreneur and CNBC and Yahoo Small Business and so many other places. So I'm so excited to have you here with us, Violet. Welcome and good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so glad to meet you. And I'm so glad to talk to you about some of the things that always go through my mind. You know, when I work with people and I hear people's stories, working to define their goals, working to crush their goals, working to get to new and exciting places in their lives, whether it be from a relationship standpoint or an entrepreneurial standpoint. And aren't those things interrelated in so many ways where we just strive to be the best people that we can. So I wanted to talk to you, first of all, about your journey. Tell me about how you came about Fem City, and tell me about that journey, your journey as an entrepreneur. Sure. So actually, my journey as an entrepreneur started when I was just about 22 years old. So I, um, I graduated from college, didn't know what to do, found myself as a new mom, you know, new marriage, new city, new everything. And I knew for sure I didn't want to be a latchkey kid. So I kind of grew up, you know, taking the bus home, staying home by myself until very late at night. And so I really did not want to have that for any human that I was going to bring into this world. And so for me, the answer was being a small business owner. And I had no idea what that even meant. I knew a couple of people that I had met along the way that had done something like that. You know, I had an uncle who was an architect who had his own firm and little things like that. But I really had no idea where to start. So I launched my first business at the age of 22, made every mistake. Like this is before internet. This is before you could Google things. This was like way back in like the dinosaur <laughs> era of, you know, technology. And I really struggled finding my way. And I went on to launch a second business. I ended up launching a Pilates studio and I ran that for about 10 years. And I had one main location and then a couple of satellite locations. And I had a manager and I had other Pilates instructors, but I felt that I couldn't grow the business around the world. So when I looked at franchising it, I had made the mistake of starting it as a hobby business. And even though I did quite well financially, I couldn't grow it um, beyond myself. And so there's a lesson in, in pretty much every business that I've ever learned. There's always been some really big lesson that stopped my development, stopped my growth. And part of it's because I didn't know. I didn't have any mentors. I didn't have the resources. I'd never taken a business class. And so I promised myself that when I had the opportunity, when I knew better, 
I would then share it with other women so that they wouldn't have to go through all of the same challenges and struggles that I did, like losing a lot of money, investing in the wrong places, hiring the wrong people, like all those kind of basic challenges and struggles that women in business generally have. And many years later, I ended up opening up another company. It was a PR and marketing agency here in Miami. I worked as a publicist for Earth Hour for World Wildlife Fund. I had some really big clients working in the sustainability initiative kind of environmental realm. And I was really craving community. And I thought to myself, let me just get together with a couple of girlfriends who are also small business owners. And I'll just use it as a place for myself to share and kind of gather with them so we can support one another. And that's really how Femme City started. It was just a small little group. I asked a couple of friends. I told them, this is what I want to create. We'll meet once a month. Let's max it out at 20 women. And we'll just get together and be of support to one another. You know, sometimes you need a focus group to say, hey, how much do you think that the service should be? Or what do you think about this pitch? Or what do you think about my website? And so I went forward with that. I did the first lunch. It was kind of boring. And then I did it again. And then all of a sudden, women around the world started seeing FemCity through Facebook. My son had gotten me a page on Facebook. Like how crazy. We had no website, no business model because I really was just doing it for fun. I, I had no intention of growing FemCity at all outside of Miami. But when women started asking for FemCity in their backyard, I really had no idea what they were talking about, right? We were just doing lunch together. Like clearly everyone can have lunch together. It's right. There's nothing magical about that but they were seeing something more profound in the photos that we were posting. And I didn't see it at first, but they definitely saw it before I did. And so really the creation of Femme City has always been women asking of me what they need and me creating the services and the platforms that they really need to grow their business. And so it kind of formed very naturally, very grassroots organically. And I ended up pretty much closing all my other companies and closing out all my clients and doing Femme City full-time because it started growing really fast. So now we're, yeah, we're in a 120 something locations and we do online classes. We do local programs. We do in essence, anything that we can do to inspire women to make that leap into themselves and launch a business and grow a business or grow many businesses, right? Make, make a lot of money, add money to their pockets so they can live the life that they've always wanted to live. That's incredible. What do you think for you, and you mentioned not having a mentor when you started your different businesses and you said, I had an uncle who did this, but you didn't really have a role model. What are some of the other challenges that you think are unique to women entrepreneurs and that you've seen also as challenges for you along the way? I think the biggest challenge that I see for women entrepreneurs is if they don't know someone who's done it, it's very hard for them to connect that they can too also achieve that. So once I started to elevate my circle of influence, and once I started to see women that were doing really big things, it inspired me to look bigger. So I think I started in business looking at things very small, right? So one location, one brick and mortar, just one business in general. Like I never even knew that I could have four or five, seven businesses. And as I started growing, I started looking to see like who was doing that. Of course, now I do have mentors and I am a huge advocate that you do need to have a mentor. And sometimes we up level to bigger and bigger mentors as they kind of, um, as your vision improves and gets higher and higher, you kind of need to like be at that next level. But I think that's the biggest challenge is that when we don't know the stories, like sometimes we read about um, amazing women that have done remarkable things, but we don't feel like it's someone like us, you know, for whatever reason. But when we meet someone that kind of looks like us or has like the same background, up level our vision. And once we get to like, when we know better, we do better. It's that same concept. Like, 
oh, she's done it and she's a lot like me, that means I could do it too. And that's why I think it's so important for women to share their stories, not just like, oh, look how gorgeous my life is, but really talk about like how I hit rock bottom, how I went from welfare to wealth, how it wasn't always easy, where I had to eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or maybe just peanut butter because I couldn't afford the bread. Whatever the story is, it's really important to share those stories because it does help to elevate the spirit of others that are listening and watching. Tell me of a very inspiring story that you've encountered of someone who really created an incredible breakthrough or created an incredible entrepreneurial business that completely transformed their lives through difficulty, through fear, and how they were able to do that. So I'm going to use myself as an example because I'm someone who definitely went from welfare to wealth. I remember, you know, I think when you hit rock bottom and you're standing in line and you're using food stamps to pay for formula for your baby, I think that's a really raw moment. And I grew up in a very challenging environment also. My mother was an opiate addict before we even knew what opiates were and that you could be addicted to that. You know, people thought it was like a very fancy way to live, right? Popping pills as much as you can and taking all sorts of things. Growing up from that, like I didn't really have a stable grounding of worth and I didn't have a stable grounding of what could be possible for me. And even though there are glimpses of moments that I have of her being my mother that elevate me, right? I think I have like five or six really good memories. The rest were not so good. So if I take my own story of someone who really, you know, came from instability and then went on to even sink a little bit lower, how do you pull yourself out of that? It's all your mindset. And I remember having moments of aha thoughts where I was like, I know that I'm destined to be better than this. I know that my life is not based around what my current state is. There has to be something better. There has to be something more. I cannot just live life in this state. And I think as you start kind of getting those wheels turning and you start surrounding yourself with like the positive books, you know, like sometimes people think they're like woo-woo books, like the Napoleon Hill or how to manifest and the secret and all that kind of stuff. But when you really start to hang around positive thoughts, people that are in action, people that are making things happen, whether it's through books or articles or actually trying to find them in real life, it really does help to elevate your mindset. And once you start shifting your mindset and you realize that you were destined for something greater, I don't think any of us were destined to be mediocre. Yeah, I think that that's a, a choice that we make when we are faced with fear. It's really comfortable to be like in a mediocre state. It's very uncomfortable to really move forward in the talents that you were given. And I, I think that that for me was what really propelled me. Like sometimes, you know, when I have those like really bad, like, oh my gosh, you know, we had a bad month or, or I didn't get into this or whatever those things are. It's like, I think of like where I came from and where I am now and those successes. If I can do this, anyone can do this because I didn't have like the MBA degree from UPenn and I didn't work at Goldman Sachs. Like I didn't have that first generation American, like anyone can do it. It's just all about your mindset and the belief that you were destined for something greater than in your current state. Once you start moving that kind of like the wheels start turning, all of a sudden you start getting better and better into your dreams. And then you start kind of like, okay, I can do this. Now let me go ahead and do a little bit more. You know, you get, it's almost like that train that can keep on moving and achieve more and more of what you want. We all want things that are different. Whatever we want or we're destined to live, we have the ability to get that. I think it's remarkable. I think, I mean, if you knew when you were younger, if someone told you when you were 18 or 20 or 21, 
where you are right now, would you believe it? Oh my gosh, no. I think like all the time, like if I went to a psychic and she was like, oh, when you're almost 50, you're going to be this, 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 this. Like even I look at my kids and I think they live such an amazing life. Like I've got one at NYU. I've got another one who, you know, went to Vanderbilt. Now is living in Berlin. My youngest one goes to this amazing school. Like how it's crazy. It's, it's, even like the house that we, like just everything is just crazy. I would have never believed it. I would have been like, uh, that's a kooky person. Yeah. No way. No way. <laughs> no way. Tell me about your story is remarkable because you took your lowest point and you've just completely transformed your life and became an inspiration to so many other women. And, and I think what I'm getting the most out of your story is the incredible importance of role modeling. And I'm wondering, I'm saying to myself, I know you said that there's an uncle that did this and, but you're describing a situation of lack of role models. And I'm wondering if there was someone that you maybe saw on TV, that you maybe heard of, that you maybe read in a book that gave you the idea to even say, it can't be this life. There has to be something, something else waiting for me. Do you remember a person or a moment or a situation where you said, wait a minute, I'm on the wrong path here. I'm choosing a different path in a very conscious and deliberate way. Yeah. So it's going to sound so cheesy, but since I was home by myself at four o'clock, Oprah used to come on. And so I used to watch Oprah. So it was like George Jefferson, like the Jeffersons. And then it was like, right after that was Oprah. I think that was like the lineup. And I have this like connection thinking like she really parented me in many ways, like listening to her stories, her personal story. And then also the stories that she had on frequently on her show, right? It was always like people that were at the bottom and how they rose to the top, whether they were celebrities or business people, or just like everyday people that, you know, were drug addicts and then pulled themselves out or, you know, were rescued from a horrible situation. But her show really did help define that I could achieve more in my life. And then as I started to kind of do better, I was then hanging out with people that were in that circle. And so I'm a huge believer in joining memberships or clubs or yacht clubs, because it really does help to surround yourself with people that are doing bigger things. And it really helps to elevate. So if you do have a couple of dollars or, you know, start kind of investing in maybe that networking group that you can go to or the chamber of commerce, or, you know, like just start trying to really circulate around that crowd. I have two really big mentors that I got probably about three or four years ago. One is Joan Barnes, the founder of Jamboree, blew me away. Like we were on a panel discussion together. We just connected. She is someone who definitely elevated my thinking. I read her book also. It was very touching. She's someone that I go to often. Like if I have a, a thought or a challenge, you know, even within a minute within her time, I get all the answers. Another one is the founder of Lucini Olive Oil, Renee Frigo. I met her at a birthday party just randomly. You know, our kids were playing together and we started talking. And she is someone who's definitely helped me to think bigger and larger. And because those two women kind of resonated with something me, because they were good moms, they were loving, they weren't like these, I don't know, my mind when I was little, I felt like success had to be a three-piece suit, stockings and pearls and a bun. I felt like success had to look a certain way for women. These women were like totally cool chicks, you know, just great vibes, connected to community, wanted to make the world a better place. And they have definitely helped me out a lot. So I'm a huge believer that I wish I had had those mentors in my life at a younger age because I would have made less mistakes and I would have probably grown faster personally and professionally as well. 
I got goosebumps when you were talking about Oprah and oh how I literally was sitting here getting goosebumps because the other day I was watching a, an Oprah interview where she was saying how she was actually created, that her parents, I don't know if you've heard that interview, that her parents basically had random, they were not married and they had some kind of random sex under the tree. And oh when God. she found out, she was saying to herself, there is no way. There is no way that I am the result of such a random encounter where she said her father basically wanted to see what's under her mother's skirt. And this is how Oprah was conceived. And when she heard the story, she said, there is no way that I'm such a random person. I was destined for greater things and greater impact. And I think that from hardship comes greatness. And I see it over and over again, where if you're uncomfortable to begin with, the more uncomfortable you are, in a way, the farther you can go. And I think it's incredible. And I think that if you're able to have that impact on other people, each of us in our capacity to touch as many people and show that greatness comes from difficulty and from struggle, I think it's incredible. I want to talk to you about fear because to me, when you're describing your story, I'm saying to myself, I see the difficulty. I see the greatness. I see incredible growth and inspiration. Where is the fear? Were you ever scared? Because it sounds to me like almost like you had nothing to lose. You only had what to gain. Were you scared at any point? I think I was so dumb that I didn't realize how risky everything was. <laughs> like sometimes you're so, you're yeah. so ignorant, right? You're yeah. so ignorant that you don't understand. And you just kind of, like you were saying, you just throw it on the wall and see what happens. Like I remember my first company, Body Elite, it was a personal training company in Raleigh, North Carolina. I remember my husband and I, with the baby in the backpack, we walked in the neighborhood, like the most wealthy, well-to-do neighborhood with these flyers and we put them on all the doors, right? Yeah. And some of them actually came out and yelled at us, like, this isn't that kind of neighborhood to be putting flyers on the doors. But I didn't know that. Like, I had no idea. Like, is that wrong? Like, I didn't know I had to get a license or a permit or ask questions or ask approval. Like, I didn't know. So I think I did things when I was younger because I was just straight up ignorant, like straight up dumb. I didn't know. As I've gotten older, you know, launching Femme City, there was a lot of risk. There's, there were definitely moments where we intentionally paused. We had to redo things. I had to invest more money into the organization. So when you invest more into it to develop Femme City, because I knew that that's where my path was. My kind of like what you were saying with Oprah's story is that I knew I was like destined to help others. And it took a lot of sacrifice and a lot of risk of just putting in more money adding more, you know, giving up everything just to focus on this because I felt so connected to that path because I want all women to be able to live life on their own terms, right? Whether they're in a bad marriage or they've had 18 kids or they have two part-time jobs and a full-time job. Like I hear all these stories, but if I can give them something to help their path so that they too can also be in that same story that you and I are sharing, like from the bottom to the top. I mean, those are the most amazing stories. Like I think the most out of all my friends that are millionaires, I would say a hundred percent of them came from foster care, welfare, didn't have anything, you know, supported their families when they were like 12 years old, like really crazy stories. And now they're like 60, $70 million, you know, net worth and plus like they've got multiple businesses around the world, but it's like, you have that choice. If you have, if that's your story, if that's where you started from, you have that choice. And we all have that within us to propel and like kind of shift out of that and then teach other people to do the same. The powerful so, thing is to verbalize that. 
So what would you advise? Give me three pieces of advice, immediate advice to somebody who is, let's say, listening to us right now, very young, somewhat discouraged, you know, no money, no sense of where does someone like that even start? A person, you know, gets up in the morning, someone who gets up in the morning and says, I don't even know if I stand a chance. What do I do? So the first thing is I would say to figure out what your superhero talent is. So all of us are superheroes and we all have that one unique gift that is so different from everybody else. What is your superhero talent? Like, what is that? Once you hone in on that, and if you're saying to right now to yourself, well, Violet's making that up because I don't have a superhero talent. I'm telling you, you do. I've never met someone who does not have a superhero talent. So figure out what your superhero talent is and then figure out how you can share that with millions around the world. That's probably two steps there. (laughs) But anyway, I would also say to really start surrounding yourself with positivity. So let's say you have two pennies to rub together. You have nothing. Go down to the library, go borrow a book, find some sort of inspiration in words or in people. Maybe you can watch, you know, TED Talks. Maybe you can watch on YouTube. You can go to the library and access that for free as well. Like really start surrounding yourself with the people that really believe in the greatness of others. That will really help you to start believing in yourself. Because at the end of the day, you and I can tell people how to be world-renowned speakers, how to make millions of dollars. We can sit there and tell people, but if they don't believe in themselves and they don't connect to their superhero talent and figure out how to bring that to the world, there's nothing we can do. So you have to have those. And once you start kind of getting really comfortable with your superhero talent and then the thinking positively all the time, being your best cheerleader, being your best friend. So you're uplifting yourself with positive words. Then you start kind of moving in that direction and opportunities will start to come to you. You have to be aware of opportunities. Every single person I've ever met has propelled me and my business has always been because of another human, right? So that's where success is. It's other humans, whether you sit, I mean, I was a speaker last week at this event here and I talked about like networking, can, doesn't have to be in a networking format. It can be literally anywhere. So I'm on a plane. I start talking to this woman next to me. turns out she's with the Ritz Carlton. We connect on LinkedIn. Again, LinkedIn is free. I would definitely use all those platforms to benefit yourself. And come to find years later, she, we ended up doing a retreat for our community in Aruba at the Ritz Carlton. And she was the one, you know, so she ended up getting business out of it. I got a really good deal. So those people that you meet along the way, you have to have opportunity, really like open your mind to opportunity. I think a lot of times I see people that say no, or don't show up or don't follow up or, you know, oh, that doesn't sound like something for me. You step into it with grace, step into it to see like how you can help them and how can it help you? Because that's how money comes to you. It comes to you through other people and opportunity. It doesn't come in a satchel of like millions of dollars on the back, you know, like with a little baggie. It comes because of the people that you meet. And if you are open to that, you will see it start coming. And then you have to, of course, act on it. That's the other thing I see. If people like, oh, opportunity comes, but then they don't act on it. Oh, I'm busy. Oh, you know, like, no, show up and get the work. Get it. Do it. It's there for you. It's being presented. And that's how you start shifting up. Yeah. I was taking notes as you were speaking because it was so powerful. And I I ended up writing connect, connect, connect. I wrote connect to your superhero talent, connect to positive inspiration, positive people, positive literature, and connect to opportunities that are presented to you. So I think you're talking a lot about the power of connection to things that are within you, 
in terms of belief in yourself and your superhero powers and opportunities, people and inspiration around you, which are so important. And I think a lot of times when people think about success and stepping out of their, breaking through their circumstances, they don't always think in terms of connection. They think in terms of themselves and how they kind of struggle through, but the connection to other people is really a key. And I think that's a very important point. Violet, you blew my mind. Your story is remarkable. You blew my mind. And I think you're an an incredible inspiration. And I hope that out there, out of our listeners, there is someone who will take so much out of what you're presenting. Fem City is remarkable. It's a, it's a great resource, I think, for so many people. And that's another resource for people to connect to and to draw strength and inspiration from. And I hope you just continue to grow and continue to touch as many lives as possible. I'm speechless. It's a remarkable story. Thank you so much for joining us Thank today. You. Thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Violet. What a wonderful story we have just heard from Violet de Ayala about the power of doing and believing in yourself and how she has used the power of inspiration to transform her life and shift from welfare to wealth and to becoming a source of inspiration to so many others as well. Stick with me for my next episode. I will be hosting Dr. Roberta Shaler, who will discuss identifying and dealing with toxic people and why it's so important to know how to identify and deal with these people in our lives. And remember, change is constant, growth is optional. It is in your hands.